We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is November 28th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. Luke Sylvia is dealing with a gallbladder issue right now, so uh, we're here with producer Kevin. We are whenever you like see clips of of like quote unquote whatever fan of whatever team is like in shambles, like that's going to be this entire podcast right now. Just to give you guys a heads up, Kevin, how are we doing? Um. Okay, I'm trying to think where to start. We have a lot to talk about in this episode, so I don't want to. I don't want to steal all the thunder. But um, so you, me, and Luke. Uh, let me back up. One of the best things that have come that has come from being a part of this podcast has been, uh, and maybe a surprising thing, has been the friendship that we kind of have gained. The three of us, obviously, we're big Magic fans. We talk about that, but we text not like an embarrassing amount you know, during the, during the week, like nonstop all day, every day. Sure. We talk about the magic. We talk about other I wake sports up to you. I go to bed to you. Absolutely. We talk I about talk other to you guys more than I talk to my wife. I know it's sad. Uh, we talk about sports. We talk about our families. We've got young kids, all of us, all of that. It's been great. One of the things that has come from that, you know, we all have very different personalities, you know? And so we, goof off i mean kind of brotherly ways you know like i know what gets under your skin and sometimes i i egg you on same thing with luke to us (laughs) same thing we all do it to each other you know it's one of those things um but as with any kind of friendship we've kind of learned each other and like our personalities and all that kind of stuff of the three of us i tend to you know more often than not with the magic i tend to be pretty chill like I'm obviously a very passionate Magic fan, but I try not to let the team weigh me down too much. Um, maybe that's just because I'm jaded for ten, you know, from ten years of being bad. Whatever. Um, I'm bothered tonight. Like, I'm sad. Um, I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. 
honestly, for the first time this season, like I know we've had a lot of bad losses, frustrating losses, and I felt all those, but like 10, 20 minutes after tip, I was like, okay, a lot of them, you could make some sort of justification for them, injuries, schedule, whatever. And, and there were some bad losses that are inexcusable. Don't get me wrong, but this is the one tonight where I'm like, man, what happened out there was not okay. Like that, that, ugh, it, I'm sick. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And um, that's kind of where I am right now, Jonathan. This past week of Magic Basketball has just been like one big crap sandwich. Um, like normally what we would do is we would go through the games that have occurred since our last episode. And then those were both of the Philadelphia games. Um, and being as how like our Monday show is usually like our weekly show where it's kind of like a recap of the past week. You know, we would maybe touch on like the Pacers game from Monday a little bit. Obviously, you know, we, we had the Thanksgiving break in between then and now. But I, I don't even feel like it is beneficial for us to go through these individual games because it is like a systemic problem with the magic right now of, of what we're seeing, just the bad basketball that we're seeing. It is becoming a trend. So this is going to be like a kind of overarching conversation on what is frustrating us about the magic, what is wrong with the magic right now, because there are some things going right, but I'm I'm not really in the mood to, to focus on any anything resembling positivity right now before we do that though just like every week we're going to go through our weekly state of the magic so we'll start with this uh the magic went 0 and 3 this week which brings them to a record of 5 and 15 they're 14th place in the eastern conference they have the second worst record in the entire league the magic have an offensive rating of 109.6 which ranks 22nd in the league they have a defensive rating of 115.1 which ranks 25th in the league their overall net rating is a negative 5.5 which is 24th in the league uh, looking at the injury report the only players that remain with statuses of out are Cole Anthony with the internal oblique tear and Jonathan Isaac as he continues to rehab from the ACL and the, the hamstring issue as he is ramping up his conditioning Paolo Bancaro made his return to the lineup on Friday after missing seven games with a right ankle sprain, Mo Wagner made his season debut on Friday against the 76ers after missing the first 18 games of the season with a right midfoot sprain. And then this was a doozy. Markel Fultz was upgraded to questionable Saturday before being ruled out on Sunday, and he is still set to miss a few more days. We weren't going to talk about this on the podcast. We were just going to mention it very briefly. As Kevin mentioned, we have there are different personalities in our group chat. We have like different perspectives of, of what's going on with the team, just like you would find in any friend group, right? We just all happen to be hyper passionate about the Orlando Magic. This got under my skin to to no end. The biggest issue that I have is not the fact that Markel was not playing. It's like let's just lay out the scenario. So the Magic play on Friday, okay? On Saturday, Markel Fultz is upgraded to questionable. Obviously, understandably so, every Magic fan is freaking out. We're going to see Markel Fultz on Sunday, and I do think they had reason to believe that. I think we can all agree they had a reasonable expectation that Markel Fultz was was going to play on, on Sunday, regardless of the questionable status. Like He was upgraded from out to questionable, and usually when you, got, you see guys kind of trending upward, more often than not, it's safe to assume that they're going to, to play. Maybe that was not correct in this case. 
So the Magic did not practice on Saturday. They did not hold a shoot-around Sunday morning or early Sunday afternoon whenever they would typically have that. It's usually like later morning that they have their shoot-around. So there's not really any Orlando Magic basketball activities going on to give Markel like any other kind of basketball activity, give him an opportunity to even hurt himself and and then to be ruled out. So Markel, late Sunday afternoon, like a couple hours before the Magic game started, he was ruled out. I thought it was ridiculous for the Magic to upgrade Markel to questionable. If you knew where his conditioning was on Saturday, he wasn't going to have any more of an opportunity to gear up and, and get more conditioning before the game on Sunday. And then the only reasonable reason to rule him out on Sunday is the conditioning because they wouldn't have upgraded him at all if the bone scan, x-ray, MRI, whatever it was, if the toe is not completely healed, he doesn't get upgraded to questionable at all. And we know he's been practicing with the team. Uh, So I just thought it was ridiculous. Kind of got everybody excited for no reason. Kevin, I know you feel differently about this. Yeah, I do. I know a lot of people feel differently about it. So yeah. that's why I think it's important for us to have this conversation. Yeah, I I definitely feel differently about it. Here's here's where I it comes down to for me. Uh he was listed as questionable on Saturday. Questionable does not mean he will play. Questionable, I've always read as a 50-50. Might play, might not play. So to me, for them to go questionable to out, which by the way happens every day in the NBA. Players go from questionable to out every day in the NBA. That's not different. It's not unusual. It happens. So for me, it, it's pretty normal. I I hear what you're saying about the 24-hour window, like what could have changed in 24 hours. My thing is the uh, it, the, the Magic's you know, um, training staff, medical staff, they're required by the league to put out accurate medical reports before games or not even before games basically every day put out accurate medical reports and so if they thought there was any chance that Markel could play on Sunday they have to report that as soon as they as soon as they they think that you know and so they have their side of the thing they have to do and I know it's 24 hours I know that sounds weird but I don't know how it all works you know I'm not an expert you're not an expert these guys in, in this field in particular, you know, high level, high performance athletes, they do medical work that we not only not on the surface, we don't understand, but they, they get so far into the weeds that like even, you know, urinized normal doctors that we go see, like they're so hyper-focused uh, and put all their attention into just a handful of players. Like this is their job is to take care of 15 players. And, you know, right now half of them are injured. So seven players, you know, <laughs> um, so they're so hyper-focused on them. that they, they know the ins and the outs. They have all the data. They're always measuring. They're always scanning or whatever. And they're always also, you know, seeing how they respond every single day. And I believe that things can change in 24 hours. Like, we've seen it before, you know, with even like Paolo. I know it's different. I, don't get at me. Like, I know it's different. But when Paolo had his ankle sprain, you know, last week even, he was. we were thinking he was going to come back. He started going back to practice. And then, you know, he didn't respond well to practice. And again, I know that's different. It had probably to do with the swelling of the ankle or the tenors of the ankle, whatever. This is conditioning. I, I Again, I don't know how it all works, but something happened between Saturday and Sunday where they decided that 50-50 shot is now swinging to out. To me, I don't, I don't see it as anything bad, confusing, crazy. It seems normal to me. 
And again, maybe also it's just I'm exhausted from our medical situation of the last several years and I just don't bat an eye anymore. But for me, it is what it is. I'm still excited because I think Markel's coming back in the next seven to 10 days. I hope, you know, maybe that home stand next week, maybe he's there for all of that. I don't know. Um, so I'm still excited about that. I didn't think it was a huge deal, but obviously I know, I know you felt differently. So just to add a little bit more clarification in terms of like the official rules surrounding the injury report. So by 5 PM local time on the day before a game, other than the second day of a back-to-back teams must designate a participation status and identify a specific injury, illness, or potential instance of a healthy player resting for any player whose participation in the game may be affected by such injury, illness, or rest. For the second game of a back-to-back, teams must report the above information by 1 p.m. local time on the day of the game. So if it's not the second day of a back-to-back, you have to start reporting that by 5 p.m. the day before local time. If it is a back-to-back, it's 1 p.m. local time the day of the game. So if they're off, you don't have to have any kind of like injury designation. You don't. A lot of times, like you just won't see teams listed on the injury report, like if they're not set to play that day or or the following day. If they have a couple of days off, you just won't see them there. The biggest thing for me, and I I don't want to dive too into this because I know that we're just going to kind of agree to disagree here. But for me, the weirdest thing is like it's clearly what we've been talking about unless there's been some kind of new update which whether or not the magic should um you know give us that information is is another conversation but the only thing that would have changed is like his conditioning that's what we've been waiting on the the the, the toe is good or he wouldn't have been practicing i don't see how anything changes with your conditioning from like sun saturday to sunday and if he hadn't yet hit those conditioning benchmarks and you're looking at the schedule and you're like, oh, well, we're not going to have a practice on Saturday. We're not going to have a shoot around. We're not going to have really anything else for him to do between now and then. And this conditioning isn't there. You shouldn't have upgraded him. But I kind of digress. The issue, again, just with the, the team and in, in giving information is that they don't give enough information. So we're always just kind of asking, well, what happened? And I think that is a bit of an issue. But we've we've talked long and, and hard about that. Now, Mosley did say that although he was out, they are going to give him a few more days. So he said that he's not going to play tomorrow against Brooklyn. So I, I don't even know if he's you know, going to travel with the team. I would hope not because he could use tomorrow to get some more conditioning if that is the case. So I'm hoping that he's not traveling with the team to Brooklyn. And then as we look to the rest of the week, the Magic are going to play Atlanta on home at Wednesday. That seems like a good opportunity because he will be home in front of the home crowd. If not Wednesday, uh, the Magic will be on the road for a back-to-back Friday at Cleveland and then Saturday at Toronto. So you're kind of starting and ending the week with a back-to-back. The schedule has not really been all that kind uh, to the Magic at times this season, um, but I know we are about to get quite a you know few games at home over the course of the next few weeks. Moving on from Markel, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Jr., wow, Wendell <laughs> Carter Jr., with the right planner fascia, my brain was already jumping to fascia yeah. as I'm uh, ending uh, Wendell's name here. Uh, with that strain, he's still day-to-day. He's missed the last handful of games here. Chuma OKK is day-to-day uh, with left knee soreness. Uh, he's missed the last couple of games. Jalen Suggs right now is day-to-day with right ankle soreness. He, you know, we know that he's been kind of battling through this. Um, he missed tonight's game against the Philadelphia 76ers. He left in the third quarter Friday night against Philadelphia. Uh, which is a little bit concerning because that is the the ankle that he had surgery on. 
So I'm hoping that that's not going to be a, a continuing problem. Mo Bamba left Sunday's game at the half with back spasms. Terrence Ross has been kind of day-to-day with some like kind of stomach bug. He talked about it on his stream a couple of days ago. Uh, but he played the first half, wasn't able to go in the second half. He said he's still kind of feeling the lingering effects from that. But he did say somebody told him on his stream Saturday when Markel was upgraded to questionable, and he said, man, if Markel's playing, I'm, I'm going to play no matter what. I'm going to fight through that. So who knows what would have happened in this game if Markel was able to play, whether or not Terrence would have been able to play all the way through that. And then tonight, uh, Sunday night, as we're recording this, at the beginning of the game on the broadcast, Jeff Turner kind of let it slip that Franz Wagner has some torn ligaments in that right hand. We've seen it wrapped essentially the entire regular season at this point, I believe. Uh, he's been playing through that. We've seen him kind of re-injure it a couple of times. It's his shooting hand. It doesn't really seem to be affecting him all that much, but it is something to keep an eye on. I don't know if this is something, Kevin, that has the potential to get worse, and then we could see Franz Wagner miss some time. I almost vomited. just like think, I, I, I literally threw up in my mouth just now thinking about that. Um, just injuries, 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 man. Yeah, that that one was very surprising. Not not that there was an injury, you know. We've we've seen Ferranz, you know, kind of hold his hand from time to time this season. That wasn't a surprise, but to hear it come from Jeff Turner, like of all places, kind of interesting. Obviously, we know this team would have thunk it. I know this team keeps you know information like that pretty cl- well. I don't even want to say that. That's not true. When it comes to injuries, just having injuries, this this team is very quick to sit guys for injuries, you know. And so to hear that there is a lingering injury going on with, with one of our key young guys, um, and he's not only have we not heard about it, he's playing through it. That was surprising to me. Um, but hopefully that means it's not super significant uh, because obviously we know this front office and medical staff are are pretty quick to sit guys. If there's any concern for anything. So hopefully it's not a big deal. But yeah, that definitely I was like, it's like, what? Wait a second. Hold up. That's that's a thing. That's kind of crazy. That was interesting. I would say that there's probably not any risk of him injuring it further. Right. But if there is, they should burn the Advent Health Training Center to the ground tomorrow. <laughs> you're not playing these other guys because conditioning or whatever, they're not ready to play and you're sitting them. But if Franz Wagner is out there, pretty much our second most valuable piece on this roster moving forward if he is at risk of injuring that hand further and they are playing him, then it's just, what are we doing here, folks? Yeah. I'm not saying that is the case. I Because of those reasons we just listed, I really don't think that is the case. Yeah, But hopefully the Magic aren't playing with the proverbial fire here. Yeah, for sure. And then the last piece of State of the Magic, we actually have some, some good news, some more lighthearted news, something to celebrate. Uh, Dennis Scott, Orlando Magic legend. Uh, it was announced, what was that? Was that last night that yeah, on Saturday. NBA TV, Alex Martin surprised Dennis Scott on the NBA TV broadcast uh, to let him know and to announce that Dennis Scott will be the next inductee into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. And that induction uh, ceremony will take place sometime this spring at a Magic home game. Uh, for those younger fans who may not be as familiar with Dennis Scott, uh, I don't think it is a question. I think he is the best shooter in Orlando Magic history. He played seven seasons with the Magic. He played in 446 games. He averaged 14.8 points per game, three rebounds, two assists, one steal. He shot 40% from behind the arc in his career with the Magic on 5.5 three-point attempts. In the 90s, 
that was not very common. Dennis Scott was definitely, uh, you know, kind of setting a, a trend that wouldn't really feel the effects until a long time in the future. Uh, in Orlando Magic history, he is first in three-pointers made. He is fourth in three-point percentage. But if you look at that list, like up at the top, it's like Katino Mobley's up there. Courtney Lee is up there to me. Like Dennis Scott is should be the all-time, you know, in, in quotes, three-point percentage leader for the Orlando Magic. And then as everyone knows, he was an integral part of that uh, 1995 team that made the NBA Finals. So super excited for Dennis Scott. Um, well-deserved. It's great to see another Orlando Magic uh, legend be recognized and um, really excited for him being inducted into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. Yeah, for sure. I mean, super cool. Um, as you mentioned, kind of a pioneer, like kind of ahead of his time for that era. There's the word I was looking for. There pioneer. you go, pioneer. I almost said trailblazer, but then I was like, that's going to be mixed messages. He was not a trailblazer. He was, you know, anyway, um, pioneer, you know, kind of doing something that, you know, guys wouldn't be doing for another 10 plus years in this league. You know, not to say there weren't three point shooters, but his style of play um, and just being a, a, a sniper, an expert from three, you know, he, he would play really well in today's game. He's one of those guys, like even 20 years later, he would be a great player in today's game. Um, super cool. Um, I guess I kind of do want to ask you, like, you know, 3D's going in now. If you could take your pick, like who's someone that you maybe either you want to see next or you, you're predicting that might go next. Um, I think this is, what is this, number 12, they said, the 12th person in the Hall of Fame now, I want to say. I don't remember off the top of my head, but. Um, is there someone that you're kind of thinking about could be next, you know, in, in that hall of fame, uh, category to me, I, I think it's a no brainer. Um, it should be either Jameer Nelson or Hito Turkoglu. I feel like, I feel like it's long overdue. Um, you know, I, I just think it, it's time for, for one of those guys to be in the Orlando magic hall of fame. I know that, uh, obviously, uh, Hito Turkoglu, uh, for you know younger fans, he's been around the team a little bit more. I know Jameer Nelson obviously has a family, and he's um, at the last thing I heard, he was doing some stuff with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers G League team. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, yep. Uh, but to me, it, it's one of those two guys. What about you, Kev? Yeah, Jameer Nelson first on my list. Um, uh, slightly, I don't know if it's controversial or not, but um, uh, uh, Dennis Newman. It was the former Magic Radio guy for a long time, very long time, and then kind of silently pushed out, you know, during COVID when the radio team, you know, kind of disappeared. Um, slightly controversial in that, number one, I'm still a little frustrated that he wasn't given a proper send-off, you know, regardless of why or how that team was disassembled. Uh, the fact that he and Joey Cologne, who who did the Spanish broadcast forever, uh, didn't get a proper send off and barely got a press release. I, I'm still angry about it, to be honest. And so I'd love to see him get in there. He, he was part of the team forever. Uh, I think that'd be great. Um, so I at least want to mention that for, cause I'm still salty about it. Uh, but as far as players or like higher profile guys, I think Jameer Nelson, uh, it's, it's a no brainer for me. He's got longevity. He's got stats. He's got, you know, momentum or momentous occasions, big moments, uh, you know, led us to the finals. Well, sort of injured, blah, blah, blah. You get it. Uh, but yeah, I think Jameer would be the next guy for me. So I'm looking at a, a article from our buddy, Philip Rossman Reich on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. This is from three months ago. The current Hall of Fame is Nick Anderson, Pat Williams, Shaquille O'Neal, Rich DeVos, Penny Hardaway, Jimmy Hewitt, Tracy McGrady, David Steele, 
Daryl Armstrong, John Gabriel, Brian Hill, and then Dennis Scott will be the next inductee here. Um, some of the potential shoe-ins in the future, Philip has listed Jameer Nelson, Rashard Lewis, Hito Turklu, Bo Outlaw, Jeff Turner. That's that's another one who I definitely think uh, will be in at some point. Uh, Dwight Howard, I know people have talked about. Scott Skiles. Personally, that one's going to take a little bit for me to get there, but I'm sure he eventually will be there. Yeah. Uh, Stan Van Gundy, I was thinking about this today. Stan absolutely should be in the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame sometime soon. Um, Alex Martins, uh, he'll be in there eventually, but it's kind of weird as you're the current CEO of the team <laughs> to kind of put yourself into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. Yeah. And then Nikola Vucevic, and then this is going to be a hot take. Evan Fournier, he's got Evan Fournier listed here as, as like a potential. Uh, I don't think that Evan will make it. Um, I don't know that Evan should make it. Nikola Vucevic, definitely. But oh, Evan Fournier, uh, I don't know about that one. Oh, yeah. Vuce, Vuce, the day he's retired, which hopefully he retires with the Magic, let's just say. I'd love for him to come back and for his twilight years, be a backup third string center whenever that time comes. Oh, that'd be a dream. I'd love that. But regardless, whenever he's done, oh, he's going to the Hall of Fame ASAP. I was thinking about this today. Now that Dwight's NBA career may or may not be over. I mean, he's playing in Taiwan, definitely should be on an NBA roster right now. I don't know how long he plans on doing this Taiwan thing. Maybe it's <laughs> yeah. a year and then he tries to come back to the NBA. And I think there is a path to that team. See him playing really well and realize that this year he should have been on a roster and maybe he gets signed to a, another you know deal, which at that point, I think over the, the course of the next couple of years, whether he comes back or, or doesn't, his NBA career will effectively be over. But I was thinking about this today. If and when Dwight Howard starts coming to Magic Games in the future, because his legacy very much will be as an Orlando Magic. And what kind of reception do you think Dwight would get if it was today? Oh, gosh. Um, <clears throat> I kind of think back to our uh, episode we did. I think it was over the off season. you know, the... I don't hate Dwight Howard episode where we talked about that. We, uh, do we poll magic fans? Is that what we did? We, we yeah, did. we polled magic fans and we got a, 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 most people I think are at the point where they've kind of forgiven him moving on, obviously not happy with how it ended, but you know, time heals wounds, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I think people would be a little more open to it than obviously the last, you know, maybe a few years ago. Um, for me, I think it all just depends on how he handles it. You know, if he uh, says a, a few more things uh, about, you know, maybe his responsibility, his role is a little more accountable for how things happened, which we haven't heard yet, by the way. But if that were to happen, I think that would change um, the, the the thoughts and the hearts really of Magic fans. And so I think if that were to happen, he would get a hundred percent approval. Okay, ninety-nine percent approval rating, right? Um, until that day, and if that day, you know, that day may never come, it might be a sixty-forty type thing. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think it would probably be kind of mixed reactions, mostly cheers, but I'm sure some people would would throw some booze in there. The accountability and kind of accepting, you know, his part in everything that happened. I just don't see that happening, at least not for a long time. I don't yeah. think it's happening anytime soon. But, you know, and I don't even know if he would come to Magic Games. I, I really don't know how how he yeah. feels about he hasn't spoken too much about the organization, you know, since he left. And the the most recently I think that you and I heard him talk about the Magic was his appearance on the Knuckleheads podcast. 
Yes. And on that, he wasn't really accepting any of the blame. No. He basically was talking about how he didn't feel like the Magic wanted to win when he was here, which is just completely ridiculous. But Yeah, and I, we mentioned it then. I'll mention it again now. Like, If you haven't watched that, you should totally do it. I think it was like two hours. It was great. It was really... But it was great. Like, it was really good, especially as a Magic fan to hear. Some of it's going to get your blood boiling, but some of it was some cool stories, and I definitely recommend that Knuckleheads episode with Dwight. Absolutely. Well, again, we meant to bring this up just to talk about Dennis Scott and congratulate him. So, again, uh, a much-deserved congratulations to Dennis Scott, and we are very much looking forward to your induction ceremony into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame, where you rightly belong. Really looking forward to that. All right, we're about to trash the magic. Um, we're just going to be unrelenting. But before we do that, uh, we want to thank uh, a very certain amount of, of folks for their unrelenting support. We are talking about our patrons. So if you haven't heard, uh, we do have a Patreon channel where you can join one of three tiers of membership starting just at $2 a month to help support the podcast. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We have a number of benefits and, and tiers that you can choose from. One of our benefits is that we shout out all of our Hall of Fame tier patrons on every single episode. And I'm going to start that right now with the usual suspects, the court cousins, and then Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio Bailey, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Franz Godefichot, Ryan Singh, The Distract, Mo Bamba, Yo Mamba. It's not Okiki to say Okiki. It's not okay, K, to say Okiki. He got me. He got me. It's not okay, K, to say Okiki. I got you. Thank you. I'm. If you listened to like ten minutes ago, I did say okay, K. I'm really making a a, a true effort for that. Pierre A, Migzors, Dylan Holden, Mister Mikey, Lil Penny, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto, Fifteen, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, Goaty, Ninety Three, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Ligon, Jose Esquilin. Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Brandon Grace, Chad3045, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear95 Shred, Junior Barus, Half Recon, Fredo Nation. Thank you all so much for your support. We love our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Even when I read OKK, I cannot get it right. That is truly unbelievable. That was great. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, let's let's let the, the cat out of the bag here, Kevin. The Magic suck right now. Like, there's no easy way to put it. And I can deal with bad basketball. We, we've seen bad basketball for years. What I can't excuse is poor effort, poor body language, guys looking like they're not even trying. Um, I mean, where, where do we want to start? In the last four games, the Magic are 0-4. In terms of offensive rating, they're 27th in the league. Defensive rating, they're 29th in the league. Their net rating is 30th in the league. Their assist percentage is 27th in the league. Their rebounding percentage is 28th in the league. Turnover percentage is 17th in the league. Their effective field goal percentage is 25th in the league. Everywhere you look in terms of advanced analytics right now, the Magic have been complete trash over the last four games with a last-second loss to the Indiana Pacers. We should have won that game. But then basically what felt like three straight blowouts, 123 to 102 to the Indiana Pacers on Monday. You have a 107 to 99 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers on Friday. It wasn't a blowout loss, but it felt like a blowout loss because as everyone knows now, the Philadelphia 76ers were missing their three best players in James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and Joel Embiid. You come into that game with an expectation that the Magic should be able to find a win. And then tonight, which is, Unequivocally, this is like this is not over exaggeration. This is not hyperbole. The Magic's worst loss of the season, a 133 to 103 shellacking at the hands of the Philadelphia 76ers in another game without their three best players. Yes, the Magic are injured. We we are just decimated with injuries right now. I know guys are tired, but there is no way that Shake Milton, George, you know, George uh, Niang, and Furkan Korkmak should be destroying the Orlando Magic like this, Kevin. I literally, looking at the Magic this week, I have nothing positive to say about this team. Yeah, it's it's um, man, it's kind of like what I alluded to earlier. You know, the Magic over the course of the season have had some bad losses. They've had some close losses in games they should have won. You think about the first game of the season, Detroit. Think about. Even recently, the Sacramento game, uh, or even the Indiana game just last week, games like that that were close, should have won, you fell short. For the most part, you know, they've they've played really hard in those games. They just didn't execute or didn't hit shots or had a couple defensive lapses. Like I think about that Detroit game. Defensive lapse cost them the game at the end there. Um, But for 47 minutes or so, you felt pretty good about 
effort, maybe not the entire 47, but you know what I'm saying. There were, there were glimpses of, of either good basketball or good effort or good focus or even just teamwork. Like, uh, and then you get to tonight, you know, especially this game, uh, it, it missed, it lacked everything that we have come to expect from honestly, a Jamal Mosley coach team, like forget basketball, you know, even when we've had a terrible lineup, you know, in the last two years because of injuries, even when we've had, you know, even just last week when we had seven guys out and we're having to throw together all these crazy lineups, you would always expect them to play together, you know, at at the very least, like fight, play hard, compete all the way. Sometimes you still get blown out. That happens, whatever. You get outperformed by much better rosters. That happens in this league all the time, especially with a roster like the Magic. You're going to come up against superstars. They're just going to, you know, just do their thing and they're going to clown you and it's going to be whatever. We see that all the time. But tonight, to come up against a team that doesn't have that superstar factor, like obviously Tobias Harris is a great basketball player. Like he's very good. Um, He has flashes of like superstar moments. Like he's a guy that, can like is capable of taking over a game like i know he's not a number one guy won't probably ever be again but he's capable of that outside of that though man that's so frustrating and what was frustrating to me was not you know especially tonight it wasn't like they were just like we were leaving a bunch of open threes like i mean we were there was some of that but for me it was just the lack of attention to detail and lack of effort in the paint like the numbers, I, the, especially the shot chart, like I sent you, Luke, the shot chart. There are so many green circles in the Philadelphia paint that you can't even see the rim. They had 33 attempts at the rim tonight. They went 29 of 33 at the rim. 33 attempts at the rim. We had 14 for context, by the way. They could do whatever With Bo they Bo wanted. Bo and Mo Bamba on the floor for yes. you know, large stretches of this game. Yes, and, and guys like Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner, who are very capable of getting to the rim on their own. We had 14 attempts at the rim. They had 33 attempts with that lineup, not with Embiid. With Embiid, maybe that maybe it's it should be closer to that number. Without Embiid, without James Harden, who's always going to get to the rim too, they had 33 attempts at the basket. And went 29, I'm not a mathematician, but that's all. that's got to be close to... 90% at the rim. That's where I get so frustrated. Of. That's where that's where I get angry is the number of attempts in the paint at the rim that were just completely unguarded, complete lack of assignments. Yeah, I, oh, I, I'm front, I'm that's what gets me mad. That's what gets me mad. And so lots of things to talk about. Offensively, it wasn't great too, but that that stuff right there is what just drives me crazy. And, and I don't mean to like, you know, use George Niang as like a meme, but like he's not this, he's not Shea Gilgis Alexander breaking guys down off of the dribble. And when you can't stop that guy at the point of attack and he's yeah. breaking down your guards and then your, your, your twin towers, Bull Bull and, and Mo Bamba aren't able to make a play on the ball and, and deter these guys and they're just getting to the rim at will, you have zero chance to win. People killed Nikola Vucevic for years for playing drop coverage and then getting just destroyed at the rim by other teams' guards. And the issue was always, well, you have Terrence Ross, DJ Augustine, and Evan Fournier as the guards in the perimeter, and those guys can't keep anybody in front of them to save their life. And that was the case tonight. If you cannot 
it comes down to effort. It comes down to pride and like whether or not you give a damn in stopping your individual matchup from getting past you. I'm sorry. We've talked so much about RJ Hampton and how great he's been this year. One play in particular, he let George Niang just drive by him like he didn't exist, like he was expecting the help defense to come from either Bull or Bamba and just let Niang get right to the rim just completely, and I hate this term, unmolested, because that's what it was. There was just zero effort. And the body language was another thing tonight. In the second half, when you're down 25 points, the Magic make a little bit of a run to cut it to 18, and then within 30 seconds, the Philadelphia 76ers are back up by 24 or 26 at that point. I don't remember what it was. That's a staple of these Mosley's teams. Even if they get down, they make a run and they make it interesting. Whether it was this cutting this lead, to, like you're never going to make up 25 points in the second half with this roster the way that you've been playing. But if if you got the lead tonight to like 11, I'd be like, all right. The effort wasn't great the entire team, but at least you showed fight in the second half. You made it a game. You're 100%. down a lot of bodies. At least you made an effort there at the towards the end of the game to try to win it. And there was none of that tonight. Yep. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, and and for this felt to me, especially in the second half, like the second night of a back to back. Like it felt like okay, they they battled so hard last night. They just ran out of gas in the end. You know, they saw the scoreboard and they're like, you know, we're not coming back from this tonight. You know, whatever. The fact that they had a day off the day before and three days off before that. You know, so none of that is applicable here. And it's even more scary for me, you know, we play Monday night in Brooklyn. And so that's going to be a gigantic test of this team's character. Against a Brooklyn team that's like starting to figure things out, by the way. Right. Absolutely. That's going to be a gigantic test of this team's character. Second night of a back-to-back after what happened last night. Uh, And also, I hope they don't show up. I hope they don't show up on Monday. I'm going to be so much more frustrated if they play up to Brooklyn's level Monday night. Uh, remember that whole different personality thing? I hope they show up. I hope we win. I'm just saying that. I, I hope I hope that goes well. <laughs> just kidding. I, I want them to be embarrassed. They You're should right. be embarrassed after an effort like this and after the effort they gave in, in all three of these games that we're talking about this week. Like the Indiana game, like you had them in the crosshairs. What was that? Last uh, Saturday night yeah, that they Saturday played in one. Indiana when they, the lost, when they shouldn't have lost that game? You, you had them dead to rights in that game and you lose it on the road. And then you come out and you give that kind of performance on Monday night. And then, look, all right, we've got a few days off. Everybody enjoy Thanksgiving with your families. Come back refreshed. And you get your butt kicked on Friday night. And then it's like, okay, everybody, like, come on. We got to get get things together. This should have been a a, a game that we win. You know, they don't have all of their guys. We don't have all of our guys. We got to find a way to split this. And you come out and you get blown out by 30 at home. It's 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 embarrassing. It's pathetic. It's so frustrating. People are shutting off the game at halftime or at the end of the third quarter for the first time in a while. I don't blame them. Yeah, I can't bring myself to do it. People that don't want to go to games or or selling their tickets right before tip off, I don't blame them. Yeah, it's funny they 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 fooled Vegas too. Like we were favored in both of these Philly games, which is. You know, on paper, you kind of get it. You know, we talked about the absences for Philly, but, you know, I, that's surprising that Philly even favored us at all, um, especially tonight. Like, I thought after Friday, 
you know, they would have been like, okay, but to be favored tonight and then to do that is, is embarrassing. Um, yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's what I was also going to say. One of the things we talked about at the beginning of the season was how great the crowds have been. Like, um, you know, in the first, you know, two, well, not even two up months. Until first, this week? Right, really up until this week. Crowds have been great. Fans have been great. But we talked about it. Like, as these losses keep piling up, it's going to be harder and harder to manufacture that kind of energy. And man, obviously, I don't know how it was Friday, you know, wasn't a, I think, I think the final score was flattering for the magic, like we talked about, uh, but tonight there was no energy. And honestly, I'm grateful it was the Sixers and it wasn't the Knicks or the Celtics or the Lakers, because that would have been, that bloodbath would have been even more painful because we would have just heard those Celtics, Knicks, whatever fans, you know, for 48 minutes, just be obnoxious. So I, I hope that we can get some form of energy over these next four games because I believe that five-game homestand is after this next stretch of four games, if I remember right. So we got to get some momentum going, or otherwise it's going to be a long season, not just overall, but even at home. You know, we've heard guys talk about, even RJ Hampton talk about on his podcast before the season started about how, you know, when the big teams come to town, we can lose the building. The building might be lost against everyone you know, for the second half of the season, unless we can find some sort of energy, some sort of boost. Um, and, and right now it looks a little daunting. Maybe it's when we get guys healthy. I don't know, but tonight was definitely not helpful in that regard. I've got to tell you, you know, people are, are sick and tired of it. You know, like you had the building finally for the first time in, in 10 years and it took you, I, I mean, it's, it's been an accumulation. Like it's been a, a slow trickle, I think. But over the course of the last two weeks, like it really seems like you've lost the building. Friday, I'll, I'll give it to people. It's Black Friday. It's the day after a major holiday. Sure. You know, going to be tough to have a great crowd. Tonight, you get blown out like the crowd sucked. But people are talking about not watching the games, not showing up to the games. Honestly, why should people waste their time? I, I've got to tell you, when Markel Fultz was ruled out tonight, I told my wife, I don't want to turn on and I don't want to watch this game. Because I, I knew what I, I knew it was likely that we were going to have a losing result tonight because of what we saw Friday night. And I didn't expect it to be a, a blowout of, of that proportion. But it's especially frustrating. And I hate to like be like, oh, poor us. It's especially frustrating because I feel like the three of us waste our time like double time. All the time that I sit and I think about what we're going to do on the pod or what we need to improve or, oh, we should do this. Or, hey, we're trying to bring on another another writer to bring people content. Like time I could be spending in my kid's room 10 feet from me playing with my kids. I'm spending watching this team not give a damn. And that is so frustrating because I feel like I'm wasting my time twice. I'm wasting my time watching the game. I'm wasting my time talking about the games. Fan, and I don't mean to make this about us. Fans in general deserve better, right? right? Whatever you want to say about like leveling up, like people like are just saying, oh, well, they were lying about that pretty blatantly. But we were sold on this team leveling up and seeing a, a, an elevated level of accountability this year. And I, I will give the Magic the benefit of the doubt to a certain extent. Yes, you have not had healthy bodies on the floor. But the guys that are healthy, effort should never ever be a question and that's the third time in the last week and a half I mean going back to like the Charlotte Hornets game where we're literally questioning effort 
with a young team, that should not be the case. A lot of people are also making excuses for these guys playing a lot of minutes. The only guy on the Magic roster that is in the top 50 in minutes per game in the NBA is Paolo Bancaro. If you want to give Paolo a, a, a pass for that, I, I'm fine with that. But we're talking about a kid who just turned 20 years old. Franz Wagner is 21 years old. All these other guys are basically under 25, right? Like the minutes should not be an issue right now. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not buying into that excuse. It's just like from top to bottom, the, like we need to start holding this organization to a higher standard. People are going to think I'm being dramatic, over exaggerating. Kevin might even think that to a certain extent, and that's fine. At some point, the losing, all of this other crap has to be put to an end, and we have to stop accepting this as a fan base. Yeah, and for me, like, we, I know we have to acknowledge the injuries. We've mentioned already, this team is hurt. We are missing key guys. We're missing whole positions. We didn't have a, a point guard tonight. Like, we understand that. We get that. And those things should lead to losses. Like, let's just be honest. The current state of this roster, even when fully healthy, it's not built to win 50 games in a season, obviously. Like, this is a rebuilding mode that this franchise is in. And when you add the injuries to it, that makes it even more true. Like, I totally understand losing games because of injuries. But that is the, the injuries do not excuse the lack of effort, attention to detail, focus, all the things we've talked about tonight. I, I just want people to hear that. Like, we know this team is hurt. We get that, but that does not mean that guys who have their roles and have um, their assignments can't stick to those. Like, uh, it, there's no excuse. Like, it's just it's not an excuse. The injuries, the injuries are an excuse for losing. They're not an excuse for what we've seen the last few days. That's that's basically what I wanted to add. People are also like really upset about the rotations, and I do get that. I just wish there was more transparency from the organization. Like if, if the goal is to play Paolo and Franz together, the majority of their minutes on the floor, you have to understand that you are going to be conceding wins to, to make that point, right? Like right now, especially with all these guys out, if, if the goal was nothing but to win, you should have Paolo and Franz on the, one of those guys on the floor at all times. Tonight, it was Paolo comes out pretty shortly after Franz was coming out. Paolo comes back in pretty shortly thereafter. Franz is coming back in. So it's it's just it's just not clear communication from the front office. I, I do feel like it's it's something that they they kind of they should have been more clear with the expectations for this season, other than like leveling up, right? Like they did talk like a little bit about development. But when you when you sell leveling up and a higher level of accountability, to me that that comes in the forms of wins. Like that's where we should see the growth. And we saw that, you know, we did see growth at the beginning of the season. We were playing all of these close games. You know, we were leading the league in, in, in clutch games. And those have basically evaporated as of late. Yeah. Look at the, the, the Pacers game from last week. But, but other than that, like, I, I think it's like five or, you know, four or five out of the last six have not been close. Right. And that's, that's 100% what, I, what I'm kind of alluding to earlier is that this, this roster, even fully healthy, not built to fully compete. You know, I think when fully healthy, I think this team should compete for, you know, playoff or play in spot, but obviously not, not championship, you know, competition. Um, but that at the very least should mean competitive losses, you know, and, and even, even when not healthy, they should be competitive, even in losing, they should be competitive. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's where it just, it gets super frustrating. And, and I just, yeah. Tonight, tonight was the last draw for me, which I didn't think would happen this early in the season. It's November twenty seventh, man. 
It's November 28th, really, if you listen to this now on Monday. November 28th, and this is happening. It's a long season, which means, you know, it's taken us a month to get here. It, you know, a month from now, we could be bouncing back fully healthy. So I don't, I don't want to say that the season is gone. Like I'm definitely not there. hundred percent not there. The season is gone, but it's slipping away. It's slipping away. Like if, if the goal of the season was playing, it's slipping away. You know, you can't win a playing spot in October to November, but you certainly can lose it. And so the team can have to bounce back. You hope when we get healthy, that's, that's an opportunity to do that. But yeah, I just didn't think I'd be saying these things, you know, not even before December. It's it's blowing my mind right now. It's frustrating. We'll revisit your opinion on whether or not the season is, is gone or, or slipping away in a little bit here when we do the the looking ahead. But I did say that to my wife tonight. I was like, I, I, I just didn't want the season to almost be over at the end of November. I thought we would at least get into December before just the, the wheel started to, to kind of fall off. Last point that I, I want to talk about, you know, Jamal Mosley. And we've talked about this, right? Like his lack of willingness to hold players accountable in the media, like at least publicly. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not doing things in practice or at halftime, post game, whatever the case may be. Tonight, we got like the first glimpse of, I think, frustration kind of spilling over for Jamal Mosley in the the post game conference when asked about what he thought about the defense. Uh, in in the game against Philadelphia Sunday night, he said there wasn't any. And you know, does he feel like you know the team needs to do a better job of of being disciplined and and playing with effort? And he he said that they they do need to do that. So he, obviously, you don't expect them to come out and and call out anyone specifically. I, I don't think any good coach would do that. But just the fact that Jamal was willing to go that far, normally what we've seen in these post game conferences, and you know, to to my frustration is. After a loss like this, he comes out and, and gives the other team credit for playing well, which is not completely false, but at the same time, like you want to focus more on what your team didn't do well in a loss and, and learn to improve on that uh, and, and try to stop that from happening moving forward. I do feel like he is put in kind of an impossible situation here with so many guys that are being out. When asked about the injuries, he said he's never seen anything like this where at the end of the game, when Terrence went out, Mo went out, they had seven guys total to play in the game in that second half. So he is being put in kind of an impossible situation. But I, 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 I don't think we should baby these guys. I, I understand it's a young roster. I know that you don't want to lose them. But part of the NBA is being able to deal with criticism. You're on the world's largest stage, right? Nobody is going to you know, miss out on being criticized if they don't play well. Uh, and, and I do think a coach criticizing the team publicly at some time can have merit. You don't want to come out all the time and be overly negative, but I think at some point you've got to you got to try different things to light a fire under these guys. And whatever he's doing recently hasn't seemed to be working. Yeah, it's um, it's hard because you, in my mind, you would hope it'd, it'd be going the opposite direction. Like as you go into a season. I know, you know, it can be, obviously it's a long season. It can be mentally, physically exhausting. So there's always going to be that working against you. Like no matter how a team is playing, obviously if you're playing well, it's going to lighten your spirits a little bit more, but regardless, it is a mentally and physically exhausting 82 game season. But on the flip side, you know, I would hope that the more this team is together, the more this team is, you know, working with and alongside the coaching staff, including Mosley, I would hope that some of those things that he's trying to instill in them would strengthen, would get better. So the fact that we're seeing the opposite of that 
is what's concerning. And, and I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that comes from um, just feeling kind of demoralized for the current situation with injuries or whatever, and guys just, just feeling, you know, you know, down about things and, and that's spilling over into to the games or if, um, if, you know, some of the things that Mosley is preaching are just, you know, kind of becoming mundane and routine. And again, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on any of that, but regardless, it's, it's starting to slip away, you know, and I don't just mean the losses. I mean, we, we already mentioned this, but the really close competitive losses are now becoming blowouts. You know, we didn't see any blowouts the first two, three weeks of the season. None. We lost a lot of games. We didn't see any blowouts except maybe one. Um, and now we've had this happen, you know, a handful of times in the last two weeks already. And so I, I hope it's not a trend. Um, but uh, certainly the magic trend. Not, that's yeah, that's what about to say. So we're, it's certainly yeah trending the wrong way right now for sure. Yeah, it's just it just sucks. Like I I partly blame myself for like how upset that I am personally about this. Some of the unrealistic expectations that I might have had coming into the season. But again, nobody saw the amount of injuries coming. But the only thing is like I just I cannot stand for a lack of effort like ever. Like you're you're getting paid to do this. People are spending their hard-earned money to come to these games and to support you they're taking time out of their like personal lives to sit down and watch games like people that whenever i hear people say like players don't owe fans anything or teams don't owe fans anything it is completely the opposite you owe them everything without the fans none of this exists like you might be an accountant or a or a doctor you know doing pretty well for yourself somewhere but you're not playing the game of basketball for a living without the people that make it all run which is the fans so I know we keep talking about getting guys back and I I just don't know at this point if that truly is the answer for everything because there are certain things that regardless of the control that you have over who's playing on a given night you can control your effort your le- like your focus level you know of attention to detail you can control that on a nightly basis and I don't know that all of our issues we know that not all of our issues are getting solved with guys coming back but I'm starting to question exactly how many of our problems are going to be solved when guys start to come back. Sure, the point guard play is going to be a lot better. Jonathan Isaac coming back, you know, is going to help the the defense to a certain extent. We don't really know what he's going to look like, but I didn't think at any point this season we were going to have to question this team's level of effort because we didn't all last year and we were a much much worse less talented team last year, and the fact that we're seeing that now is really concerning. And the team's got to figure it out. And I'll, I'll say this. I, I, don't, I, I don't think we're tanking. I don't know for a fact one way or, or another. But if this front office is putting all of their eggs in this offseason's basket, you have to hit home run after home run after home run. After this season, there's no more of this. You're going to start to run into having to extend guys you know, past their, their you know, rookie contracts. Are, are guys going to want to sign long-term deals here, or are they just going to accept the qualifying offer, play one year here, and then go into free agency after their rookie contract is over? That is a real thing that the Magic need to start worrying about uh, if we're just going to mail this whole season away, if we're going to punt on this season, so to speak. Uh, yeah, it, it's just not acceptable, and, and I hope that people out there aren't continuing to make excuses for what we've seen this week because it is just completely unacceptable. 
Kevin, I don't know the next time that we're going to be able to use this, but don't forget, folks, after every Magic Victory, the following day, you can get 50% off your online order at Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. Make sure when we win, you guys take advantage of this code because I don't know how many times we'll be able to use it this year, unfortunately. Yeah, and my thing is, is that Victory Pete's going to taste good, you know, when we get the next one, or is it just going to make you just sad that it's been so long since you've had it, you know? That's... That's the, probably that's the, the second part. Yeah. Probably going to make me more but sad. But at least it'll be 50% anything. off. Very true. And not only that, you're getting the 50% off and is like all the dollars that you rack up in the Papa John's app, after a few pizzas you get a few a, a free pizza. So that's there's right. there's always that. Like you get it 50% off and you get a free pizza. You can't really you can't really beat that, folks. All right, let's take a look at the week ahead, but I want to look a little bit beyond that, Kevin. Oh yeah, because it really does feel like over the course of the next four weeks, this is the season. I know we we kind of talked about that in the homestand. You know, you're able to go what was it four and three on the homestand. You're able to kind of stave off, you know, uh, the season ending during that two week homestand. But looking at the schedule for me, this really is the season. Let's talk about this week first. So tonight, as you guys are listening to this, the Magic are in Brooklyn to take on the Nets. That game is set to tip off at 7.30. Then on Wednesday, you come back home to take on the Atlanta Hawks. Tip off is at 7 o'clock. Then you hit the road for a road trip. You're at Cleveland on Friday. That game tips off at 7.30. And then Saturday, you're in Toronto to face off against the Raptors. That game is going to tip off at 8 o'clock. Kevin, what is your feeling on those four games? And then we'll take a kind of a, a bigger look at the schedule over the course of the next few weeks here. Yeah, um, my first reaction is this is five games and seven nights. You know, by the time the week is over, you had your your back to back Sunday, Monday, you know, game Wednesday, back to back Friday, Saturday. To, you know, traditionally, historically speaking, never good. Five games and seven nights is brutal um, for any NBA team. So you have that going against you. You got three of them are on the road. Your one home game is is against Atlanta, who unfortunately is a good team. Um. DeJounte Murray's a clown. I just feel like I have to throw that in there. Complete loser. He's he's a trash Complete bag. Complete loser. He is a, he is terrible for this sport and for this league. I can't stand his antics. He makes me so angry. All right. <laughs> I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> Poor Jabari. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. All right. The rest of the week. Broken Atlanta, Cleveland, Toronto. Uh, one and three. Like that's how I feel. I feel like right now, like my current state of mind, that's like the best case scenario. Yep. Best case scenario. Now, which one? No idea. Don't even ask. That, me. That's the thing. That's the hard part. Whatever like, one we get Markel Fultz back for, we win that one. Yeah. You which, get a little bit more juice and you get a win. Honestly, I would, I just, I would love to beat Atlanta on Wednesday. That would be great. Let's do At that. Home. I'm going to say that. Let's beat Atlanta. Let's get Markel back on Wednesday. Let's beat Atlanta lose the other ones i don't know i, I honestly that, that does feel the most appropriate bring him yeah. back in front of the home crowd you know get a, a nice little ovation um yep you know but uh but yeah maybe maybe you beat atlanta but you could talk me into going oh and four yeah now let's just let's look at the next 12 games here <clears throat> you play a playoff team every single night for the next 12 games uh roughly like the next three weeks so at Brooklyn versus Atlanta, at Cleveland, at Toronto, home for Milwaukee, 
home for the Clippers. You have a, a two-game home series versus the Toronto Raptors. Uh, you wrap up a five-game homestand on the 14th versus the Atlanta Hawks. Then you have a two-game series in Boston. So at Boston, at Boston, at Atlanta. 12 straight games where you are playing a solidified playoff team every single night, Kevin. The Magic will have a good chance. The Magic will not be favored in any of these next 12 games. No shot. It is reasonable to pick the Magic to lose every single one of these games. And if the Magic were to do that, the Magic would then be 5-27 and 27 on the season if they were to... Now, history tells us they will pick up a couple of these games. We don't know which ones they are. Yeah. Statistically speaking, the Magic will win a couple of these games. But I don't think it is impossible for the Magic to lose each of these 12 games on paper. Right. You can't pick a single game and say the Magic should win that game. Yeah, but let's say even if they win three of those, let's say they win three, go three and nine. You're talking about being eight and 24 after 32 games, which is rough. That's rough. So let's say you go. Let's say you go six and six. So at that point, you're eleven and twenty-one. The season feels salvageable at that point. Hundred percent. So well, that's that's eleven and twenty-one. Let's say ten and twenty-two. Season still feels salvageable. Mm-hmm. That's you'd have to go five and seven. Mm-hmm. So nine and twenty-three. Does the season feel salvageable at, at nine and twenty-three? It's. That's that feels pretty it's tough. Close, yeah. It feels like the Magic have to go four and eight or five and seven at at worst on that road trip, or the season is most likely over. You, you since we're already just you know feeling really down and depressed. You ready for this one? If this team is fully healthy, hundred percent, all fifteen guys healthy, I don't know that they go six and six. In that twelve, games. I think they could go six and six in those twelve games if this team is fully healthy. I think they could, but I wouldn't sit here and bet that they would do that. And so, for the fact that we know we're probably not going to be fully healthy all twelve of those games, the idea of six and six feels very daunting to me. Unfortunately, fully healthy, I feel pretty comfortable that we could take two of three from Toronto. Yep, I agree. You probably still split with Atlanta. Hmm. Or will you play Atlanta three times? Three times, yeah. Fully healthy, you could talk me into picking up two out of those three, but it most likely would be one and two. Fully healthy, I don't know that you split with Boston. Boston is so freaking good right now. Boston's a machine. The Clippers, you could talk me into winning that game if this team is fully healthy. Yep, especially if they don't have certain guys. Even unhealthy. That's probably one of the games that might be one of the most winnable ones, depending on who the Clippers have, which you never know on any given night. Cleveland, you know, I know they, they've gotten off to a, a good start, but I think healthy, we match up with them pretty well. That would, I don't, I wouldn't say a coin flip. I'd, I'd still favor Cleveland to win that game. I, I think I could talk myself into six and six if we were fully healthy, but we're not. And we're right. talking about needing to go four and eight, five and seven, or all of a sudden, like, just as an organization, you start to look around and you say, like, we're, what is that, 12, 13 games under 500? Sure you know, 30 games into the season. The the good news is, if there's a silver lining here, the games after that, one of the most winnable stretches of the whole season, Houston, San Antonio, the Lakers, Pistons, Wizards, Thunder, all in a row. 
maybe the most winnable section. When you look at just strictly looking at opponents, that's a very favorable section. But again, is it going to be too far gone by then? I don't know. But ideally, I, I don't even know if this is even possible, but like if we can be fully healthy for that stretch, you can put together a five game win streak right there. Like I think that's entirely possible. I and maybe you team. recoup some of that. Yeah, it's I hate rough. this team. It's rough. I don't want to talk about that team. anymore. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Because you know what happens after a five game win streak and all of a sudden now we're only eight or nine games under 500. Then I started to talk myself into the play in again. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the World Cup. Something a little bit yes. less, uh, you know, less uh, dark, less Although depressing. It might be dark this time on Tuesday. I don't know. We'll see. So the the game against England on Black Friday was pretty enjoyable. You know, uh, Pulisic, Tyler Adams, you know, both played pretty well, I felt. Uh, the corner kicks um, from Pulisic, it felt like that we had like four, five in a row at one point. It really felt like if you connected on those, you were going to be able to, you know, pull away with with some more points there. But I ran from, and I know you're you're the expert here when it comes to soccer. I'm I'm still very much learning, especially internationally. But everything that I've read and listened to says that Iran is definitely a variable win, a very winnable game for the U.S. on Tuesday. Yeah, it's it's winnable. Um, but it's not a walk in the park for sure. Like, um, they're going to have their work cut out for them, especially now that Iran has everything to play for, you know. Um, you know, with their big win on, like, well, it was Friday. Their win on Friday, you know, now, they, you know, they've got just as good of a, a better shot, honestly. They draw against us and they're in. We have to win. We have to beat them to, to move on. So it's a lot of pressure on that young team's shoulders, um, which will be really fun, potentially. It uh, could be a really, really, really cool moment um, for them if they are able to pull this off. Um, and there's also like added tension now because, well, not now. I mean, there's always yeah. been tension you know, between the United States and Iran. But uh, now it's kind of boiled over into the social media realm, and I, I won't get into all of that. But, yeah, um, so it'll be – a little spicy. It'll be a spicy afternoon on Tuesday. Um, hope, hopefully, they can pull it off. Move on to the la- to the round of sixteen. Um, but I, I'm just gonna say I've been thoroughly enjoying this World Cup as a whole. Like, uh, I don't want to talk too much about the circumstances and the location. All that's a sham, and I think it's disgusting where it is and that it's taking place. But if I could just put all that aside for a while, the actual games, the matches have been highly entertaining. Lots of upsets. It's been very fun for someone like me who is a passionate fan of the sport um it's, it's been a lot of fun and so hopefully that continues this week but above all else all i care about is a united states victory on tuesday where they can move on and and play in the, the round of 16 and then from there you never know what can happen we'll see a shout out to our friends at orlando magic uk for the yes. the, the games against wales and and england you know the the, yep. the two draws there man i was Obviously, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but the World Cup, even if the U.S. isn't playing, is always like incredibly exciting to me. You can just feel the stakes uh, of every single game, and the the atmosphere and the crowds are always phenomenal. But I was ready to lose my mind if we were able to connect on one of those headers from the, the yeah. Pulisic corners uh, against England on Friday. And I'm looking forward to being able to do that Tuesday against uh, against Iran. Fingers crossed. Um, the biggest thing for me is obviously we know like for the the a large majority we take sports very seriously here in the US 
soccer has not always been the case. But I'm hoping that if this team performs well at this World Cup, you know, sports has a, a really awesome way of, of bringing people together and, and galvanizing people. And though I know this U.S. men's national team has gotten a lot of attention, I think I think the game on Friday was one of the most watched. It was the US most men's watched men's... Of, of all time. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, but I I still don't feel like enough people are talking about it, and I feel like a birth into the knockout round or like even into like the the semifinal quarterfinal whatever um would would I I feel like it would be the story nationwide if our men's national team is able to make a deep run into the World Cup and hopefully inspire like the next generation of uh, of U.S. soccer and you know maybe in our lifetime you know we'll be contenders to win a World Cup to me that would be the the best um result from the world cup for for the u.s yeah and and honestly you know two points i want to make there if they can beat iran which is a big if like i want to be, make that very clear big if if they can do that though they will play uh they'll probably come in second assuming england beats wales they'll come second in their group and so they'll play the winner of group a every team in group a looks very beatable netherlands senegal ecuador every team Whatever team advances, all of them look very beatable. And so the idea of the United States in a quarterfinal is not, you know, that's not unheard of. And so that could be really cool. What, Which what if is I'm re- not mistaken, the quarterfinal is the furthest the U.S. has ever made it in the World Cup. Is that correct? That would not be correct. I think it was they like made 19, it to a semifinal. 1950, I want to say. Uh, like, oh, well, oh. in our lifetime, <laughs> yes. certainly. In my yeah. parents' lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time ago. Um, uh, but yeah, so... Um, Oh, and the other thing I was going to say was the fact that the 2026 World Cup is in the United States. And the fact yeah. that we have such a young team right now, the idea that these guys are going to be four years older, but in their primes in four years at home, that gets me juiced up. I've, I've, I literally said, I literally said, you know, in 2000, whatever it was, whatever year, oh, 2010, like back when they announced that this wasn't going to be in the United States. But I said that whenever this World Cup is done, I'm going to start putting a little bit of money away every month. So that in 2026, four years from now, I'll have saved up enough money, ideally to go to either every group game, like I want to fly around and go to all of them, or if the team's like really good and trending up, I would instead save it for whatever knockout, you know, maybe a couple knockout games or semifinal or something. That'd be crazy. But obviously a lot needs to happen between now and then, but that's the yeah. daydream that I have. Um, it's so funny because everybody literally everybody everyone i know whenever we talk about the world cup or the world cup gets brought up especially in 2026 everybody has plans to go and that's just not possible i know that's going to be nationwide everyone's having conversations in their in their group chat boys we're going to miami boys (laughs) we're going to new york we're going to atlanta we're going to go watch the world cup i know not everyone is going to be able to do that but I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. I've I've talked with some of my buddies. We talked about either like Miami, Atlanta, New York, wherever the U.S. is like playing the closest. I know it, it's just going to be outrageous, but it would be the experience of a lifetime. It would be. It will be. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, I think just for me, I know we're going to wrap it up here. I just have to go from one football to another. You know, it's great. Uh, Florida State University is back on top in the state of Florida uh, for the first time in a few years, back in our rightful place at the top of the state. Uh, so I just had to throw that out there. Um, you know, it's it's not all you know doom and gloom around here. Obviously, the Magic suck, and that sucks, and that that that's the worst. But at least Florida State redeemed the weekend. We're back on top where we belong. 
Go Knowles. And um, yeah, I just had to throw that in there. So this is how my weekend started. It started with the Giants losing the most viewed regular season <laughs> football game of all time on Thanksgiving to the Dallas Cowboys, the yeah. team that I hate more than any other team in the entire world, including the Miami Heat. Then it was uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels basketball ranked number one, losing to Iowa State. Then the UNC football team lost. And then the UNC basketball team lost again in quadruple overtime to Alabama and then followed that up with an Orlando Magic blowout loss. So my weekend has been absolute trash apart from the leftover grilled cheese sandwich that I had that if you follow me, my personal Instagram, do yourself a favor and, and check out that story. Every year after Thanksgiving, my wife takes the leftovers. Let me just give you the recipe, okay? It's your leftover turkey, bacon, Gouda, and then she takes Publix's, Publix's cranberry relish, mixes it with mayonnaise. You slather that on both sides of the of the of the sourdough bread, you, and then you can throw. I also throw stuffing on mine, but you can throw mm-hmm. whatever else you want on that sandwich, and then you grill up the grilled cheese, and it is just bro bangerang. I here's what I think. I think you should go ahead and save that picture and throw it on the Six Man Show Twitter account. That's what I think. I think people are going to want to see that. I think they need their spirits lifted. And the second I saw that picture, man, that changed my night. I was like, oh, baby, that looks so good. So let's let's post that. Let's give the people something positive say, tonight. Hey, hopefully this will cheer you up. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. That's right. You got to say, you know, mention this on the show. So, you know, if you guys want to see that, Jonathan's going to post it to our account. That picture is nice. Yeah, I know that video was good. Oh, come on now. Even better. Even I know better. that was good. I know that. Yep. All right, our prayers are with our buddy Luke. Hopefully, the the gallbladder situation, uh, you know, gets taken care of pretty quick. Hopefully, you start feeling better. Talk about a guy with just a lot of pains the last couple of months. That dude is. Uh, yeah. Go to the doctor. Get some blood work done. Take care of yeah. yourself, man. Come on. Gators lose as well. So <laughs> Florida State. I mean, just add it up. Poor guy. Yeah. What a rough weekend. Poor guy. All right, folks. Well, for Kevin Tucker, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to the Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Hey!